Padres Hot Tub is brought to you by the Padres Hot Tub Patreon, where fantasy baseball is locking into place, Chris Reed. We have, right now, four, count them, four fantasy leagues that are about to launch with uh, slow drafts starting this weekend. But that doesn't mean there isn't room for more, but the ship is just about to leave the harbor. Yeah, if you're hearing this, the horns are blowing. Run down the dock with your bags and get on board. Uh, I'm already in two leagues. I had planned on being in zero leagues this year, but I got excited. Uh, I made the long-term commitment to be in the Keeper League. There's Dynasty Leagues, and now there's three tiers to to the, the main, you know, uh, Division A uh, just straight Roto League. Uh, and there might be four by the time everybody's hearing this. Who knows? But uh, everybody's excited. We're gearing up. I'm drafting 10th in one and 13th in the other. I kind of wish there were fewer people so this would be a little easier for me to choose my players. It's not going to be easy. None of them is going to be easy. Uh, you know, it's it's very exciting. Do you want to be part of a fantasy league with Padres fans that involves literally promotion and relegation that has the aspect of trying to fight your way up to the OG league to try and get the coveted Padres hot tub blanket prize along with whatever, uh, you know, simoleons might be involved? The only way to do that is to jump into the community where you also get ad-free Padres hot tub, the access to our Bonus podcasts like Have a Drink and Banter, the chance to be a part of our live shows, group therapy, and post-game shows. Hey, opening day's around the corner. Jump on in the hot tub, dip in your toe for as low as $5 a month at patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. Padres Hot Tub, everybody. Greg Elston, Chris Reed, our producer, Rafi Cantor here. It's March 6th, 2023, and, and I've got something to say. You know, at the end of December, John Gennaro had to leave this podcast. It was a, a traumatic event. It was caused by his work. Something we should probably, I, I was thinking about that. Like we, we've kind of just like not mentioned it for a while. Some people probably jumped in in late January, February, just like, what happened? Well, John Gennaro had to leave the show. He didn't want to leave the show. His work compelled him to leave the show. Uh, and so he followed that compulsion to take care of his family and to take care of his future. And he is very happy at Yahoo and doing a great job. But he had to leave Padres Hot Tub. And we said there would be a selection process and that there would be a, a, a period of probation i don't know what do you what do you, what do you call it a, a probationary period uh in which we kind of figure things out and we figured things out so uh, gang this is the crew it's it's craig it's chris reed it's rafi cantor we're here padres hot tub is here there's no more if whens and what's it's us let's go welcome to the hot tub guys
Dude, it is an absolute privilege. I was excited about this Padre season, you know, at the end of last year, just knowing it was coming. Getting to talk with you every week about it, Craig, means that it is now one of the biggest things in my life. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. Stoked to be in the hot tub. Sorry that it overfloweth a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> it's going to be all good. That just means it's going to be more concentrated, more briny. Ooh, wow. <laughs> this went a different, whole different direction. Why is it briny? Who is the briny one? I don't want to think about any of that. Um, and look, we're we're expanding. There's We've got a new show, Pods Above Replacement, that Rafi and John Percota uh, are teaming up on that'll be appearing in this Padres Hot Tub feed a little bit later this week that patrons get early access to uh, at patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. So uh, things are growing. We're heading toward opening day, live post-game shows again, group therapies where everyone is legitimately freaking out because, you know, some random Arizona left-hander held us to a hit total below what was expected in the Vegas line. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're going to uh, be there for this, the most consequential season in San Diego Padres history, and dare we hope the best. It already is. I'm going to say it right now. It's already the best for me, Craig. Oh. Make sure you mark that, Rafe, because, I mean, could you imagine? I've thought about it. The Pessimism Podcast isn't far away, okay? I've let my mind wander occasionally. Yeah? <laughs> the Worst Case Scenario Podcast isn't that far away. We're trying to figure out which... team that's 36 and 43. <laughs> like, dude... People will be shitting their pants. <laughs> 79 games in and seven under 500. Just and the letters to the editor. It would almost be worth it just for that. It's just for the be, takes. It's for the best all season the ever, Craig. There will be bear traps. The Padres always find bear traps to stick their feet into and get stuck. That They're the Padres. We wouldn't love them if they weren't. It's already the best. I can say that for certain because we're here, damn it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the most consequential no matter what, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Here's what's coming up on the show. Uh, later in the show, we're going to talk through the most recent reporting about extensions. Are we done with extensions? Are people lazy writers and just saw extension and wrote more extensions? Or is there actually something to attempting to lock up Soto now? Attempting to lock up Josh Hader now? Blake Snell? We'll talk about it. But first, oh, and we're also going to have a, a, is this right, Rafi? We're going to have a trivia question? Uh, to yeah. Tell everyone about the trivia question. So uh, one of our uh, one of our great patrons, D James O four one, on uh, the Padres Hot Tub Discord, has been posting these. Uh, I don't know if they're weekly, but you know, regular uh, Padres yeah, weekly, trivia questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and if they've been really in depth, really well researched, and uh, you know, uh, Chris had approached uh, D James about potentially making this a segment on the podcast. So uh, I'll be reading D. James's question to, to, to try and stump and uh, win Ben Stein's money, so to speak, uh, for uh, against you two. So that'll be coming up at the end of the show. My favorite ever game show. 
What a reference, Rafi. Did you know, uh, now I'm, I'm so sorry to digress, but did you know, uh, there was a time when Ben Higgins and I used to be on uh, the Mighty 690, okay? And uh, we were at, at when we first we had a bad name for CB radio. That was the name of our show. We would do weekends sometimes, we'd fill in, right? We had a chance to fill in for the night show one week, and we debuted and then did like four or five times win Ben Higgins' money, where we completely recreated the game show on the radio and to the point of putting Ben in the soundproof booth, you know, which was the uh, update studio. And I had the three people. I was, I was doing the, the Jimmy Kimmel role all, all the way through to the finale. And uh, I loved that show. I loved that show. So, okay, cool. Can we actually do that? When, when Chris reads money, I mean, Craig, I mean, Rafi's money, whose money? I don't know. Uh, we'll do we'll baseball cards. Yeah. <laughs> I actually put all my money into Trent Grisham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are going to get some sweet looks at a left-handed center fielder. <laughs> but first, we start off the show, and uh, what will consume most of the show is a Padres Hot Tub Classic. It's the spring training overreaction concernometer. It's time to wheel on out the concernometer. Uh, we've got stories that have popped up over the first two weeks of spring training. And as this club disassociates to head out to the four corners of the WBC universe in order to compete for club and country. Uh, And we're going to discuss each of these uh, spring training topics, overreact to them and assign our concernometer uh, number. All right, Chris, let's begin with... We used to call him our sweet prince, but now that's Hassan Kim, mm-hmm. uh, our our prodigal son. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a padre. He has somewhat participated in spring training, but not all the time, not that often. Uh, he's been playing like every third game. Uh, The Padres made a big announcement this morning that later this week he'd play two games in a row, but he's kind of being treated like Drew Pomerantz, Mm -hmm. like he's he's about to break uh, as a 24-year-old person who's who's kind of two years separated from the last time he full-time played. And when he's played, yeah, he does does break. He's uh, he's my mom's triumph, always in the shop. Uh, When he has played, Chris... Fernando Tatis Jr. has no doubles, no triples, no homers, no singles. He has no hits at all. Let's wheel out the concernometer. How concerned are you about the availability and performance of Fernando Tatis Jr.? Well, you have to be a 10 because we, we talked about, yes, we talked He's about broken. this. He's done. This, it's overreaction time. We talked about this. The number one thing about the Padres season, the most important thing, is that we get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. Not not a shadow of him, not a you know, not a copy, a facsimile. We get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. And this guy has not played a game since October third, two thousand twenty one. I uh you know, if I was a hadn't done something since October 3rd, 2021, let's say a bench press, 
I'm probably not going to do a very good bench press. You know, I'm not going to go hit my all-time high of 95 or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. I'm 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 going to be just Let's go the, big boy. I'm going to be just the bar for a little while. And maybe that's what Fernando is right now or maybe, you know, the uh, little pixies came in the night and took his twitch from his muscles i don't know man i wanted to see the guy get a hit by now he made a a fun diving play it was kind of a falling play in the outfield that that didn't hurt him that didn't break him but baseball as we hear all the time to almost kind of nauseating uh redundancy you know it's the hardest thing in the world to be a major league hitter, it's the hardest thing to do in pro sports, right? Well, we're going to get to see that. Tatis Jr. has been one of the best in baseball at hitting that baseball. It's a hard thing to do. He hasn't been able to do it thus far. I'm very worried about it. Okay. Concernometer 10 for Chris Reed. Uh, that might be the first ever Concernometer 10, but I'm, I'm not sure, but it might be. It's that uh, important, man. Right now, today, March 6th, as we record, my concernometer is I'm gonna I'm gonna w- wiggle the dial a little bit. It's a it's a it's a three that he hasn't been playing every game, and it's a a two that he hasn't gotten a hit yet. You had said uh, in a prior episode that you'd be one. concerned if this is what they were doing with him. If they were trotting him out and kind of slow walking, you, you would say, yeah, well, would... and that's, that's what for me, spring training is all about availability. It's not about what you do. I mean, uh, you know, one of my anecdotes, but it's a true story is, uh, you know, I was MLB radio. I got to cover the 2001 spring training. That was Ichiro's rookie year and being around the Padre and Mariner complex joined complex. The, the big story of 2001 spring training was Ichiro sucks. That was like the big story was Ichiro Suzuki is nothing. He's a spindly hitter that hits a ground ball to the second baseman every single time he's up. And it turned out he was like doing shit on purpose <laughs> to set up the league and the universe as then he came out and hit the ball everywhere and, and hit three whatever and won MVP and rookie of the year and led the Mariners to 116 wins. Oh, so, so you're saying this is a trick. It could, I'm saying that John Roscos hit over 500 for the San Diego Padres with like six or eight home runs and then went one for 40 in the big leagues. And Ichiro Suzuki also like got no hits a whole spring and then set the world on fire and went to the Hall of Fame. Spring training means nothing. It means nothing. It's never meant anything, and it never will mean anything. All you have to do is not get hurt, and your talent will shine over time. Now, if Fernando Tatis Jr. is still... the, the, the My concernometer is at three because, to me, the young buck, Fernando Tatis Jr., should be in the lineup every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day, no doubt off. he can't bench Fernando Tatis Jr. April twenty fourth. No, I'm just. I mean, like every game in February and March, he should be in there leading off, getting as many at bats as possible to get his rhythm back, to get his timing back. He's young. He's already had the surgeries. 
we shouldn't treat him like Kawhi fucking Leonard. This I'm sorry for being the guy who set the explicit tab, but it, it's it just like why it's Fernando. Is he really hurt? Is 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 there is there actually a problem? Is there a soreness that no one knows? That's why the concernometer is three for his performance. I I don't care. I don't care. Can one hit the whole damn spring? Get one hit the whole spring. Get no hits the whole spring. The Padres got no hit. I, I don't care. I don't care. If, now, if he goes the whole minor league assignment and he doesn't get a hit then, I'll be a little worried. What? But I'd still expect him to get a homer the first time he came up in the big leagues. He's he Fernando hit. Tatis Jr. He's I, not, He's not. you know, uh, Seth Smith. It's not some guy who's sometimes good at baseball. He's Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to hit 600 home runs in his career minimum. Seth Smith taken a year and a half between baseball games in his career? Concernometer can always move up and down. It's a <laughs> dial. It's a sliding thing. It moves. Well, dude, you I, said I'm it. not going to set it too high. It's not just the hits for me. It's also the availability. It's also your voice in my head talking about what would concern you and like all of it's coming true. Bromel's not playing him every day. His first stint was in the DH. He's only played right field a couple times. They like he has been known to kind of obfuscate situations. The team has been known to kind of obfuscate situations. Yeah. You know, um you know, it's the overreaction of spring training, so that's why it'll be at a 10. You know, it might dial no, down a I little bit. I love it. But, but you went all the way to the top. You're is like, that important, man? He's the tippy to me, top. Ten, yeah. To me, 10 is like, I actually think he's probably done. <laughs> like okay. 12, years of, right, 12 right. years of dead contractor coming because <laughs> he's about to retire. He's over. Okay, we're not putting that on the record if that's what 10 means. If that's what 10 means, I mean, that he's to done. Me, that's what 10 means. Like, okay. I'm extraordinarily right. concerned. Some of our listeners may be there too. I don't want to be that. I'll put it at a solid eight then. Okay. Well, that's good. It's, that's it's good. moving. We'll put yeah. it at eight. I like it. It's a sliding scale. I appreciate that. I'm going to have to reconcile this with my ranked choices because we. What I gave Chris a list of things we're going to be concerned about. He added one to the list. And then. Uh, we tried to rank each one as well. And I actually had this, I'm looking at it right now on my list is this thing that was second most concerning to me. So I must really not care about some of these uh, down the road <laughs> based on the fact that I set this one at three. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the next one. The Padres uh, players set off in planes to their WBC locations for the most part today. Some of them showed up at uh, Peoria to get their stuff uh, to get everything gathered up, and then they're off to uh, Miami or uh, Arizona or or wherever they're headed. Uh, one guy who's not on the plane is Juan Soto. Juan Soto had a little bit of soreness in his calf, which led to him not playing in the club's weekend games and not getting on the plane to the WBC with the official line being that he's going to get in-house treatment for, you know, the next couple, three days. I heard Sammy Levitt this morning on Ben and Woods saying that he personally saw Soto in agility drills out in the outfield, but he wasn't doing a lot of straight-ahead running. 
but you know all the little things they do the shuffling around and jumping around the cones and, and whatnot uh that he was still doing that so he, you know he's been playing in sim games uh, as well is is this now part of the culture of baseball it's almost an nba feel like we're just gonna hide a lot of things now in spring training uh, it could be that the tati situation is the same thing that we don't know it but he's getting 12 at bats on field d you know that, that no one can see in between the every third game appearance yeah well we know fernando tatis jr has gotten a hit off of michael waka we we saw that on the Twitter feed, so right, you know, evidence in point. Um, there you go. He's a yeah. star. Brought that concernometer <laughs> down further. He got a hit off of Michael Walker. What, what's your concernometer about Juan Soto's calf, Craig? It is a zero zero. <laughs> it's a hard zero. Uh, if in fact Juan Soto does not play in the WBC, I'll say whoopee, because that means it's one last chance for something I'm more concerned about, which is going out there and getting hurt playing live fire in the middle of spring training. Uh, so if he is a guy who precautionarily is held out and then comes back and hits 340 with 40 bombs, uh, I'm not going to shed one tear for the Dominican Republic team's chance to advance or not advance. Uh, I'll be thrilled as a Padre fan. So zero, zero concern and actually a little hope that the Padres will overreact and say, you know what? Just you stay right here. I was at a zero, but now I'm at a two because I do not want Juan Soto missing the WBC. Uh, and, and we're going to allude to why in just a second. I, I want him in there. Um, I, I had been at a negative zero because I was kind of like my conspiracy, my, my conspiracy minded self had been like, there is no calf problem. This is Scotty B, Scotty Boris Corp. You know, yeah. him and Juan Soto are having shrimp lunches in Peoria with AJ Preller making fun of his hat while trying to get an extra hundred milli out of Peter Seidler. That's what I kind of thought. With that was where I was at. Oh, I like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be a negative zero. I'd be a negative ten if they're actually working on their contract extension. And the reason yeah. he didn't go to the WBC is because it's that close. Oh my yeah. God! Don't even now. Now, now that's the fan fiction I want to read. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's where my brain was. But now you say you say that and i get a, a little worried so i'm going to peg my concernometer at 2 for that and i'm i'm going to jump the menu here craig and i'm going to ask you the next one because it directly ties into what we just asked it may disrupt right. the flow i'm sorry no i uh, like it but the next question on our concernometer it's exciting i'm a receiver here we go now because uh uh, all these team, all these guys are going off to their separate teams. Nick Martinez is heading off to Team USA. Uh, Nabil Krismat is heading off to Colombia. Uh, Xander Bogarts is already training with his guys from the Netherlands. Our our guy Hassan Kim is with Team Korea. You Darvish is with Japan. How worried are you, Craig, that because these guys are off at their respective WC duties? They're not getting to gel. They're not getting to forge some mojo as a unit. 
before the opening day. Does that worry you? Um, it does a little bit. It does a little bit because this isn't, to a large extent, it's the same team as last year, but that team was put together in August mm. and struggled. Remember, struggled. You know, after that first home debut, uh, wasn't it one and five or something? And everyone was yeah. absolutely freaking out. You know, and it, it capped with that no hitter in Arizona and, and, and the team meeting uh, th that followed. But uh, there was an adjustment period to which we said, just wait till they have a whole spring together. And then they don't. They just don't. Like, this team is everywhere. We're as represented as any club in baseball, and it's across the, the globe thanks to A.J. Preller's style. You know? I mean, it, it, it's not the way for everyone, but it is for us. So I, I'm a little concerned about that, and it adds to my thought that the Padres might not get off to the hottest of starts that we are, are dreaming of this year. Number... I'll put it at a. I'll put I'll put it at a, at a three and a half. Okay, that's a that's a little high. Um, mine's at a two, but I'm actually crawling inside your head a little bit, Craig, because you've been Team Dr. Team Dominicana, and yeah. my worry is that Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and Nelly Cruz uh, aren't going to be yelling together on the team dr which is yeah. kind of like a de facto gelling of padres uh, so if soto in his calf thing is real if he misses the wbc and he's away from manny specifically i think that's a and doesn't get to participate in what from all indications is an intensely prideful unit like these, those guys are taking it as serious as anyone from all indications. And every sure. athlete that comes from the DR seems to talk about their country and their families as being their highest priorities. So if Juan Soto misses out on that, I think that that's a little bit of a bummer. At least he'll be with Fernando while doing it, but he won't be with Nelly and he won't be with Manny. So my concern on meters at a two and a half if Juan Soto misses it. If Juan Soto makes it, I'm actually not too worried. I think I, I think uh, it's a fun thing. Every baseball player I've seen talking about it seems to like have it in their heads exactly what it is. And uh, you know, Nabil and Nick Martinez, they're up on the mound anyway. And you Darvish, they're all lone wolves no matter what. Nobody can help them when they're holding the ball. They have to have that kind of sociopathic mentality of a pitcher no matter what right well i like that and and you're probably right um i should probably have the next category's number and this category's number reversed um but let's just stay on wbc then and then we'll skip back because this to me is the most generic concern that everybody should have for their players in the WBC. The potential for injury in the WBC, the idea that in a, at a time when you're normally going four innings and then five innings and, you know, doing your work on the backfields and pacing yourself to get into the rigor, that instead you've stopped that a third of the way through 
and then you start playing must-win games. You know, here's three games we have to win two. Now we're in an elimination bracket, you know, uh, where you're going to play all out, where when it comes to it, you're going to dive, where when it comes to it, you're going to uh, reach back for that extra sauce, reach back for that extra little bit on the pitch and where you might hustle into a bag that you otherwise would have veered away from uh, and and suffer the consequence uh, of a sprain or a break. It's an app, I'll say this, it's an absolute guarantee that some team in baseball is going to get screwed by an injury in the WBC. It's going to happen. It's it's yeah. math. Like it's it's inevitable. Somebody will be. The Padres have more player shares of the WBC than other teams. So the odds, unfortunately, are more in our favor. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's more in our favor. And uh, yeah, in our favor, like the Hunger Games. That, precisely. Yeah. Precisely. yeah. God's ever be in our favor. So that that's why, again, crawling into my brain, that's why I'm less worried about Soto not making the WBC uh, than you are. I agree that in our best-case scenario, all the D- Dominicans come together, win the, the cup, and come back fired up and, and you know, united. Um, but Soto in particular, like, I don't want Soto to miss any time this season so a a bubble wrap approach to Juan Soto I don't mind now the other part of this question is instead of injury what about the fact that the WBC does not adopt the pitch clock rules that any of the rules right any of the right exactly so what guys were just starting to get used to now they're going to be behind the curve for other players yeah that, that it is another thing um, you know, if, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of an idiot. So what I've kind of done in my brain is wrote off that the hitters are going to see much damage. And that's not true. Somebody, uh, there's going to be a hitter, a position player gets hurt. I'm worried about the pitchers. The Padres have two pretty crucial pieces out there. One huge piece in you Darvish, you know, our ace is out there trying to win this thing with Shohei Otani and Team Japan. And he's not the youngest dude. I trust he takes care of himself incredibly. I trust that he's going to approach this in a rational, you know, way that, that minimizes his risk. But things happen. It's pitching. The human arm is only so strong and... If if you goes away from this team, it's a whole different team. You know, the, the we talk about the you know Michael Waka bringing death to the pitching staff. Well, if that rotation doesn't have you Darvish at the top of it, it's not very deep. That said, I think the number tops out at, like at yours, <laughs> three and a half. You know, I, I do think that they're going to take care of themselves, and uh, and. Uh, you know, the history has shown with the WBC, it's going to be one or two guys that have their seasons wiped. And short of that happening, I think we'd be okay. Like, it would be a kick in the sternum if you Darvish was gone till the All-Star break. But 
it would you know you'd be missing a limb if he's gone for 2023 yeah i'll uh, so you're three and a half i'll stick mine at three uh I, I I kind of feel like the pitch clock is going to be something that's going to wind up overblown and that by May, the yeah. Buster Olney folks will be doing stories about whoever worried about the pitch clock. Ha ha ha. Buster um, Olney said that a game was going to be won or lost this year because of the pitch clock. And I just want to go on the record that I think he's wrong. I don't think that'll happen either. Uh, I think that they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is being the most stringent version of the rule. Yeah in spring training to create uh behavioral change. Uh, and then when it comes down to it, they're not going to look at Josh Hader with the bases loaded against the Dodgers and, and call a three, two automatic ball because it was at second 20.01 that he lifted his, his toe. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think it'll get a little loose and now maybe the league will paint themselves into a corner where that's impossible, and then they'll have to adjust. And what I mean by that is if they allow this to be a replayable, reviewable situation, where now the quant in the back room said, 2001, 2001, and was screaming it into a headphone, and, and they throw a flag, and the swinging strike three becomes an automatic ball. That would ignite... Our show, every show around the horn has a week of content, you know. And, and, <laughs> Tony Kornheiser and, has a stroke on air. It, right. And and it leads to a change, perhaps, a change. But I think the umpires are going to be not idiots. Unless a situation like that, unless technology boxes them into a corner. Um, I, I think they mm. will be uh, idiots about this. So, yeah, I, I'm going to put it at a three- I one of the reasons is our top star is Manny Machado, and guys, I don't know if you've heard, <laughs> but he isn't exactly Johnny Hustle, so <laughs> I'm not worried about him getting hurt at the WBC because I think he knows what speed he needs to be at every day in every way. He does. Okay, let's move. Uh, let's move to. Uh, I'm now going to save one for last. Uh, your, your addition to our list, uh, Chris, was Padres catchers suck? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> please elaborate. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. We, along with these rules changes, we have seen a major uptick in stolen base attempts. Now that happens every spring training. It does happens every spring training, and then it ticks down fifteen twenty percent. But this year, those numbers are way up. Are uh, are this year's stolen base attempts? are on par with like 2009s. You have to go back 13, 14 years to find when runners were last attempting to swipe bags as they are this year. And then the drop-off back then wasn't all that much. It was like 10, 15%. I don't think it's going to be much. I think there's going to be way more stolen base attempts this year. I don't know if it's going to be 50% more or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me if it was that high. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but our best hitting catcher, does not do a very good job of throwing out base runners. Our best hitting catcher is that uh, is that Luis Camposano. Now that's Austin Nola. Austin Nola is terrible at throwing out base runners, and I hope he's not our best hitting catcher because I, I hope uh, he'll be our second best hitting catcher this year because he's not a very good hitting catcher. He can he's, only he's good go for off. a single or a walk. He's a fantastic single hitter. I mean. 
bless him. The guy at least touches the ball with the bat. I couldn't do it. Uh, I couldn't squat that long. Austin Nola, you're superior. This isn't Nola slander. This is you're bad at throwing base runners, and you already know that. Um, so if Lu- Luis Campusano, who hasn't looked great with the bat, he did hit one ball 5,000 feet, um, but he can throw out base runners a little bit better than Austin. If Austin Nola is playing 75% of the games like we kind of think he's going to, if Luis Campusano doesn't really turn it up and he's going to be playing three out of four, then we're going to see some just track races out on the base pass. And if every single to an, a plus speed guy turns into a double, the Padres are, are, are chasing a rabbit all season long. And that's a little that's a little concerning. So I guess the concern is Luis Campusano needing to demonstrate he is the you know 65 hitter that that he's been projected to be as a prospect all these years. You know what's weird? Uh, as we were talking, I just looked up on baseball. I, I got to cross reference this because every other season. Uh, Austin Nola has really let a lot of base runners steal, right? It's insane. Uh, and in 2021, for example, 26 of 30 base runners stole. Uh, according to baseball reference, Austin Nola led the league with a 77% caught stealing percentage last year, with 27 of 35 runners being caught. And, and no. I'm wondering, did they... Put those numbers in literally backwards. I think they did. That is absolutely wrong. He was he was hovering almost neat below ten percent at, at periods last year. Followed this. That that is wrong. I think at one point he had thrown out like three of twenty nine or something like that. It was bad. It's kind of cool if I actually found like a massive typo on Baseball Reference. I think you just did, buddy. They they have a now, a, now I want can, to go to Fangraphs. Yeah, it's there. Um, somewhere in my tw- Twitter ramblings that are now deleted, you can contact Elon about it. Please don't. The whole thing, the whole desktop app went down today. Uh, I was hoping it was going to stay there. There was this moment like, <laughs> it didn't work when I loaded gone? it. And I was like, please, is it over? Is, is it gone? It? It's gone forever now. Yeah. Um, okay, my concerno meter about Padres catchers not being able to stop the running game. That's that's a cool point. That's a good point. Um, I don't think that we're going to see a gigantic spike in stolen bases because the home run still exists, and uh, and it's the big leagues and, and mm-hmm. the numbers you know have, yeah. have discouraged the running game the last several years, but. If the game changes to that extent, I won't be sad about it. I'd love to see a, a Vince Coleman, Marquise Grissom, 80, 100 stolen base season back. I hope it wouldn't be Estuary Ruiz, but... Um, it will. <laughs> but it might be, right. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say... Uh, four. I'm, I'm concerned to a four. Rafey? That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh yeah, Rafi. I, I just want to say I went on Fangraphs. Uh, Fifty-six stolen bases against Austin Nola uh, last year. Only eight 
caught stealing. Oof. So, 56. 56. Boys. Bonuses. Yeah. What, what do you think about that four, Craig? If that number goes up 40%. I mean, this could be like, there's a chance this is the number one defensive weakness of the San Diego Padres mm. in 2023. A complete and utter inability to control the running game. You Darvish is terrible at the running game. Nick Martinez is all wiggles. Blake Snell is never, you know, he's a left-hander. You kind of like, you, you, you kind of like that a little bit. I think Musgrove is okay. Um, Can you imagine like, the world where they call up Ryan Weathers just to keep runners on <laughs> runners on first base? I want Ryan Weathers to make his big league name on being the danger throw king. Like yeah. being the king of the third throw pickoff. But nobody sees it coming. And he just, he's like, I'll do it. I'll pick your ass off. And like he picks off like <laughs> 20 guys. Um Modern day Andy Pettit. He'll just be walking guys to show off his pickoff ability. <laughs> I'm gonna up mine one more, and that's to a five. And that this is solely dependent on having our you know quote unquote best hitting catcher be Austin Nola. That's where the Padres find themselves in May. Louis Camposano, you know, he he he's hurting the bed, as Danny DeVito would not say. And uh you know he's he's unplayable. You know he's a prospect that did not pan out, and the Padres are grasping for an answer behind the plate, which is a bad bad place to be if you're trying to be the top top two or three franchises in the game. It's not only uh, do our catchers suck, but also it's I would say our our the position where we have the least amount of depth. Like if if remember Austin Nola was yeah. the man of glass up until last season where he miraculously uh was able to stay healthy. But if if Great Nola point. returns if re- Nola returns to his old form, it's uh I guess Pedro Severino is up next from triple A. Oh, yeah. Brett Sullivan. Uh, yeah, no, Brett, Brett Sullivan, Sullivan plays for somebody else, doesn't he? Or is he still on the team? I could be wrong. I I, no, I think you're right. I think he left. I thought he. I think he left. He might have left. Oh. But Pedro Severino, well, I think, is, is an excellent. Scratch him off part. the list, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this yeah, it's dead. it's a little concerning. <laughs> We're gonna have Paula Duca as our catcher in May. It's 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 not gonna be pretty. Um, let's hope that doesn't happen. That's something to consider in bank for worst case scenario though. But I almost feel like the, uh, the, the goat and survivor, they're going to just make sure Austin Nola's in there so that everyone can steal bases. I still like, have Brett Sullivan give him a limo to the ballpark. Sullivan remains a Padre. Thank God. I was going <laughs> to light a candle. He's still, we still got a chance, Rafi. We got Sullivan. We got Sullivan backup plans. All right, last one on the concernometer. Last topic on the concernometer. This happened uh, toward the end of last week, and we decided it wasn't a one topic worthy of a group therapy. Uh, now we have more uh, context and reporting to discuss. Joe Musgrove was working out in the gym, and he lost the grip on his kettlebell kettlebell and it fell right on his left big toe and broke it smashed it smashed the nail smashed the toe plunk uh yeah not good his landing toe his landing foot toe 
the toe that he has to put pressure on for literally every pitch he throws in the bullpen, warming up, and in the game all year. Uh, Now, Joe Musgrove, the initial reporting was he'd probably miss a start or two. Kevin Acey reported over the weekend, uh, it might have been in this morning's paper, but I think it was posted yesterday, that Joe Musgrove has been twice daily visiting a hyperbaric chamber with an attempt to accelerate the uh, healing of his toe, that he's altered his diet for more healing enzymes in his food to try and accelerate the healing of his toe. And he's already, and, and was quoted, like you can go read it, you can go look it up, quoted talking about like, so when are we going to cut the nail off? You know, if it's a pain tolerance thing, you know, it's something I can probably push through. If it just hurts a little bit, I can just push through it. And and before I get to the concernometer, I do want to say for the record that Joe also noted the obvious danger of altering your your warm up, altering your mechanics in order to accommodate the pain that you have to be able to really push through. And he was saying he was even working on pushing through his big toe. That was one of the things he was working on in the offseason from a balance standpoint, and a consistency standpoint, to push through that big toe. So now that thing he's worked on hurts. And it's probably going to hurt during the season. And based on the reporting, it's probably going to hurt in part because he's going to come back sooner than he should. Blake Snell would be like, see you in mid-May, chumps. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He'd already have his headset on. He'd be playing some Red Dead Redemption. He's in a haptic chair, and, and exactly. He's, he's, he's enjoying a virtual reality experience. Uh, Joe Musgrove is in a hyperbaric chamber trying to get back so he can be the team's fifth starter yep. and not miss a turn because he literally said one of his goals was to never miss a turn in his five years of his contract. Well, to me, that's the perfect recipe to miss a year and a half with Tommy John surgery is to have that. I'm never going to miss. I'm going to fight through little pain in the critical joint that dictates everything for me. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to push through it. So, uh, I'm a concernometer of six. Of the Joe Musgrove kettlebell injury. And it's not because of the injury. It's because of the way he's reacted to it. And listen, he can come out New York Mets wildcard hero on top again, right? He can come out and look brilliant and even do that for four or five starts and yet have made the slightest alteration into his windup and his delivery and his landing that cascades to the inevitable forearm tightness that pops up two months later. So my message would be miss a start, miss two starts, take the Blake Snell path, miss a month, miss the first month of the season. Let's see what, what Jay Groom uh, has to offer. As someone in the Discord very aptly noted, Groom is, is an anagram for Mo Gore. 
Like, let's just see if it's, there's some Mo Gore out there with Jay Groom. I'd rather see that than see Joe Musgrove hurt himself coming back too soon. Because it's not that he smashed his right pinky toe. He smashed his left big toe, the toe he has to land on. All right, so... First of all, I want to say God bless Joe Musgrove and his driving four hours to seek treatment, to do everything he possibly could to get back to his team sooner. If a certain young Padre superstar had taken a similar approach to his body last offseason. Yeah, Juan Soto, you'd be in the WBC. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Uh, so I just want to say that, like, good on you, Joe, trying to do your contract. The other thing, too, is my concern's a little less than yours, Craig, because I am working with a little bit different information than I read. Uh, I had read that it was kind of a, a little bit of a break, and not intended, that he didn't break the toe on his push-off foot because that one might have led to different compensation in his mechanics throughout the entire year and been more of an issue. Um, so, you know, that, that could just be one of us is straight wrong uh, as far as which sure. one. Um, so I'm guessing that. they both stuck. I'm guessing I'm, the push-up yeah, toe yeah, being yeah. broken sucks and the landing toe being broken <laughs> equally sucks. Agree to agree, man. <laughs> uh, and, and third... You know, I, I've been Team Jay Groom, so if he gets an extra start that we get to see him a little early, uh, you know, that's not the worst thing. You you have pointed out the doomsday scenario that Joe, you know, abs you know, takes on the mantle of being the leader of thinking he needs to be right there uh, into the breach of Harfleur, like King Henry the Five leading his men. You know, against the French every day in, day out, and uh, because of that, he he misses more time. I hope that's not his mindset. I hope it's not that because we're gonna need every game Joe Musgrove is supposed to pitch for sure. You know, he he he's an all-star pitcher. At the same time, we need Joe Musgrove in that wild card round. That's where we need him. We're gonna need him against the sport's biggest stars because that's the he is a guy who rises to the occasion and if the occasion is beating the brewers in may i am beating the brewers in april uh, i'd rather see him in the you know the october occasion <sighs> yeah i'm with it, you i agree this is the worst thing that happens to the padres starting pitching staff this year i will be ecstatic uh, therefore, my concern is at a four. Heal up, Joe. Take your time. God bless you. I love it. So in the end, I wound up being most concerned about Joe Musgrove, followed by Padres catchers not being able to throw anybody out, uh, the team not gelling, the chance of injury, Tatis being hitless, and uh, Juan Soto having a sore calf. And you definitely are number one with Tatis. Mm -hmm. Uh Followed by, I don't know. I catchers. think, I think, yeah, catchers and then Musgrove. And then I think the WBC. Yeah, it's kind of a tie between Soto missing the WBC and that. Yeah. Definitely uh, not really worried about the rules. Fair enough. Spring training overreaction concernometer in the books. Oh, that felt good. 
Let's talk contract. Are you ready? No, no, we already did that. Um, let's talk Padres contract extensions. John Heyman, Boob Nightingale, uh, Olney, even AC, even Lynn a little bit uh, in today's mailbag, all kind of floating that maybe there is some talking happening between the Padres and Scott Boris on, on behalf of Juan Soto, looking for a contract extension sooner rather than later. Uh, I Before we even get into any of that, Chris, I just want to say what I've said before for the record. It makes absolutely no sense to me that Juan Soto, coming off a year that he hit like 240, would seek an, an extension now when he could come out and hit 350 this year and drive the price upward by 25, 30%. I, you know, the, the, the logic they've been extending here is that Peter Sanders crazy. He's, he's crazy Larry on the, you know, crazy Larry giving out deals and just, you can't stop him. He's giving out the Pontiacs at the lowest prices ever. And it's like, it, 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 I don't think that's true. I think Peter it's Sandler, not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not true. They didn't sign uh, Jose Abreu because he wanted another year. They didn't sign Wilson Contreras to fix this hole at catcher. They're they're not they're not Looney Tunes. Yeah, um, I did not know I was going to do a crazy Larry uh, also <laughs> today, but that's just where it turned out. But uh, yeah, I, I would. Well, okay, the question I wrote down, I should just read because that's what I wrote down on the menu. How much of a chance do you give a Juan Soto contract extension this spring, pre-opening day? 50-50, baby. Wow. I would not have said that three weeks ago. Rafi, do you think, what, what, what's your number? Uh, I think I would put the number at... A really generous fifteen percent that he signs. Uh, I think that it, three weeks ago my number would have been one percent. Like yeah. I think now I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I'm trying to throw conventional wisdom, you know, out the window because I did not think that we would be signing Manny Machado to an eleven-year, three hundred fifty million dollar extension. Nor did I think that we would be signing Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million contract, et cetera, et cetera, and the list goes on. Um, I, I mean, I just think for the reason that you said, Craig, like, this is Juan Soto's lowest value in a way that, it, that it's been in a long time. And, uh, you know, I think that as obviously he gets closer to the market, that number, you know, maybe shoots up a, a, a little bit. But um, it's Scott Boris. Like, I, I just don't, you know... If he can get what he thinks he can get on the open market from AJ Preller and Peter Seidler, then sure, absolutely. Like if 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 Peter Seidler is going to sign a six hundred and fifty million dollar contract, right. you know, then yeah, I, I, could, I could see I could see Scott. Which, by the way, I wouldn't put him past it, like doing it. You know, like I I think that's within the realm of possibility. I just like the likelihood that that happens in the next three and a half weeks, I just find, I don't know, 15% still a really good shot given all of yeah, those circumstances really I put out it there. Really so where, where are you at, Craig? I'm going to go zero. 
percent. It's not going to happen. No chance. Scott Boris, man. What are we talking about? Scott Boris uh, signed Steven Strasburg to an extension before he hit free agency. Steven Strasburg was made out of Tinker Toys. Exactly. Like the Nationals offered Strasburg a, a contract that was higher than the Boris Corp's internal valuation of the player, and that led to an extension being signed. Yeah, if the Padres do the same thing, which recent history almost dictates that they will. Uh, it, it absolutely can happen, you know. Um. And can happen. Yes, can happen. If if the Padres come in and crazy Larry, then yes. But I just but okay, I, and I t- want. I know I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay in a hot take the hot take zone. Zero percent. It's not gonna Love happen. It. Knock me over with a feather. It's I don't, not gonna happen. Don't I think the assumption that Juan Soto is at his lowest value is a little bit of a fallacy. He's still Juan Soto. He has a track record that eclipses a season in which he was traded from the franchise that courted him as a teenager uh, and had to shift entire coasts. Uh, like he had a season last year that he is not going to have again uh, in almost every way. So I don't think his value, if he had hit free agency last year, would have even have been that affected. I think if Juan Soto hit free agency with Shohei Otani this year, stats not changed, you know, if he has the exact same year, him and Shohei are still going to be neck and neck for most, you know, valuable contract. It'll end up being just like Manny and Bryce Harper, where Manny gets the lower, uh, the higher AAV, and then the other person gets the more years. In this case, it would be Shohei getting the high AAV and Soto getting the more years because he's a young man and a position player. Guys, I just I think recent history with the Padres shows you can't count anything out. So that's why yeah. I'm putting flip of a coin. And I, I think that zero percent. I, I hope you just uh I hope you just kind of twisted uh baseball Odin's you know, left eyebrow a little too hard. And and here comes Papa Pete. Papa Pete selling a little, selling four more percent of the Padres <laughs> and just handing it directly to Scott Boris. Well, now let's, let, let me just tack this on. Because if you haven't listened to past episodes or something, I just want to make this clear. Should the Padres try to sign Juan Soto to a gigantic extension? Yes. Yes, they should. Should they do it right now? Absolutely, they should. Because it's gonna be more next year. I'm willing to bet that. He's gonna have a better season this year. I'm willing to bet that. He's gonna hit 727. Precisely, because spring training stats are Real. unfortunately Tatis will hit zero, so <laughs> it's going to it's all it's all going to balance out. As Tatis goes over four fifty in front of Juan Soto, we get fourteen um, years of Juan Soto hitting seven hundred and Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting zero, zero, just zero. Every time though, he looks good. That's how baseball um, works. It's exactly how baseball works. So, yes, they should do it. And if they're doing it, I'm thrilled. And if they held him out of the WBC to to 
get the last you know le- you know lever uh, flipped in the contract negotiation all the better um and and all be thrilled i'll be on i'll be gobsmacked and thrilled to say that i was completely wrong and you can play stephen a smith you know get off the weed or whatever you want um but i'm gonna just say they're not gonna do it because it's it's scott boris i've said that for forever man so like i i hear you it's just we're living in in cuckoo times we're living in the upside down man and um I don't. I don't want to be in the upside down. Actually, can we change that? Can we? We're living in. Yeah, uh, we're living yeah, in. I don't want to be in the upside. No, yet. that's terrifying. I don't. I don't want any barbs. <laughs> no. No yeah. barb. There's no barb on the Padres. What am I, uh, we're living in. Our, our Vecna's in Chicago. <laughs> no, yeah. Come on. Yeah, Vecna's far away. Uh, uh, we're <laughs> living in a, dropping ground balls at first base in Chicago right we're, now. We're living in a different uh, fictional universe that's always good and awesome. Raids. Outstanding. Um. What I think is interesting is that there's also talk around a potential Josh Hader extension. Now, I thought Robert Suarez signing the deal he did just locked things in completely easy to see. Hader comes, he pitches, I hope he does great. Someone else gives him money next year. Suarez steps into the closer role and onward we move. And maybe Morahone is the next setup man, or it's someone else, you know, someone else finds their way into that rule. But this was actually described, I think, by Dennis Lynn in his mailbag today as the most likely of three extension scenarios between Soto, Hayter, and Snell. Um, what would you think if the Padres signed Josh Hayter to an extension? Uh, understanding, right, if it's four years for five million dollars we're thrilled right like you know Ah, barring a ridiculous discount like what would you think if they signed him to edwin diaz's five-year hundred two million dollar deal uh not incredibly worried but incredibly surprised i guess like it it doesn't make it you took the words out of my 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 mouth the suarez deal it kind of seemed to show the path the Padres were on pretty clearly. Hater is an incredible luxury. Best closer top three in the game. Easy, you know, without argument, he might even be better than Edwin Diaz. Um, But it's a luxury. Having a $20 million closer is a, a sure luxury. And, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense in the old economics of baseball. It goes to the Padres' new paradigm, and I put it at a way lower percent. Like, and I, I don't want to get too tangential, but it is on the topic. All this seemed to have started with John Heyman talking about this. John mm-hmm. Heyman is a New York Post reporter, number one, who has a long history of fanning anything Scott Boris wants to to burn. Yep, yep, yep. Rafey? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I was, like, ready to whip out the tinfoil hat. Like, noted Boris stooge John Heyman is putting this out. And I'll say this. If the Padres give Josh Hader 
Edwin Diaz's contract, it actually bumps up my confidence that they'll sign Juan Soto an extension because it means money is truly no object. Yeah, it just <laughs> like that. There's right. like exactly. we're gonna be wheeling like uh, dollars out like uh, uh, Reichsmarks in like 1930s pre-war Germany, where they're just like it's like a trillion <laughs> like hyperinflation. There's just no like that because. Like you can't be spending because obviously Juan Soto is the next priority. Peter Seidler said that. Like everyone's right. saying it. Manny said it. Everyone said it. Everyone knows it. So if before that Soto extension gets signed, they're giving Hater twenty, twenty two, twenty five million dollars a year. Yeah, they're gonna sign Juan Soto because like what, like what else are we, you know what I mean? So right. uh, it, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'll leave it there. But it's I, I I and and for the record, I would hate that. I would hate that so much. I would hate, you know, because because we're because we're now up against the seventy five percent tax threshold. So we're really paying, uh, you know, Josh Hader thirty thirty five million dollars a year, like to to throw two thirds of an inning. He can't even get more than four outs in an, in an outing. Right. I love him. I'm so happy he's our closer this year. But like, I think that would be like incredibly imprudent it could border on rivaling drew pomeran some you know i don't know i that's yeah, totally no, I agree. but i mean he could break down you know you don't you don't know that like, he's he's an old uh old, getting older pitcher who throws incredibly hard lefty sidearm like his elbow could explode this year so i i just would not touch that with a 10-foot pole so yeah I'll, I'll give the one like the lowest percentage like craig make an argument for doing it Right. Like, you know, hey, it's debate class. Take take the side. Right. The only way that I would want to see. First off, I would not want to see an Edwin Diaz deal. I'd want to see a lesser deal. Does Josh Hader want to take a lesser deal? Of course he doesn't. So we're probably already in a place that we can't go. Right. But even if you could. The only reason I would want Josh Hader to be locked up would be with the understanding that we were going to get the old Josh Hader. And what I mean by that is if you guys have seen some of the stories out of Milwaukee and the way that they've treated players in arbitration and how they took Josh Hader to arbitration, Josh Hader, who used to be the, Hey, I'll come in and I'll pitch the seventh, eighth and ninth. Yep. You know, and, and that's what made him incredible is that like, he had like 150 strikeouts as a reliever because he was pitching 80 something innings with his ridiculous strikeout rate. Uh, he deliberately went to the China doll only three outs configuration because he got beaten in arbitration by the Brewers let, who used his willingness to pitch in non-safe situations against him to take money off of his table. And as a result, he locked in and that's, uh, it, you know, I've seen that it took a lot of work. I, I've seen reporting that it took a lot of work to get him to agree to a fourth out in the playoffs because he had just set that as a rule. So if it was like, hey, we're going to give you a four-year deal, but also you're going to start pitching, like you and Suarez are going to become interchangeable. And the last three innings are going to be you guys in any form and fashion. And it could be you for five outs and then Suarez gets the sixth out. Or it could be the opposite. You know, uh, then it'd be at least more interesting. Sure. But he could still explode at any time. And the I'll go back to what we talked about last week, guys, just to put a button on it. This all gets screwed up when you start getting big contracts to bad or injured or mediocre players. Uh, not and the tippy top superstars of the game. 
Right. And and you're going to find certainty in position players. You're not going to find it in relievers. And the worst thing you can Ever. do is commit all the money to 50 innings, 60 innings, 70 innings uh, of, of high volatility. So, uh, Josh Hader, please... Let's let's not go that way. Um, last one in this group and last topic before we get to our trivia question is Blake Snell. Blake Snell's a free agent. If it's if it's crazy, Larry, then Blake's going to be sidling up, going, "Hey, you're actually friends with me." <laughs> like Peter Seidler and Blake Snell, like get along like thieves. So, uh, what what are your thoughts? Is there what's your percentage? What do you think? Is there any chance Blake Snell gets extended this year? I think there's no chance he gets extended this year. I, 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 I'd imagine the Padres are thinking like me, and they want to see contract year Blake Snell. Because our previous two years with him, I wouldn't call them disappointing. I also would say they probably have not quite met expectations, or at least hopes. You know, this is a guy who won a Cy Young. This is a guy that went to the World Series and pitched, you know, like, Tom Seaver, like Sandy Koufax. And uh, and he hasn't been that for us. You know, he he's barely been able to get five innings for us. So I'd imagine the Padres, A.J. Preller, you know, talent evaluator man, wants to see that out of him. So it, it, I think the number before spring, before this season is zero. And I think if he has a good season, there's a chance they – you know, they re-sign him, but I see a 0% extension in, in the spring. Yeah. Oh, 0% extension in the spring for sure. Extension at any point in the season, pretty, pretty friggin' unlikely. I, I, I'll stay with what I said on Ben and Woods on Friday. I think Blake Snell's a Seattle Mariner in 2000. Yeah, man. It just makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world. It makes sense for their franchise. It makes sense for him. Uh, and maybe somebody else outbids if he really does have a good year. But just like I don't want to spend a ton of money on Josh Hader's maybe 70 innings, uh, I don't want to spend a ton of money on Blake Snell's probably 125 innings. Nailed like, it. He's not a horse. He's not Joe Musgrove. He's not going to the hyperbaric chamber. You know, uh, he, he's going to the haptic chair to play the video games. And I'm not saying that to rip him. He's a different cat. I've got a Blake Snell jersey. I've got a Joe, Joe Musgrove jersey, too. But, like, I've got a Blake Snell jersey. I, I think he's been incredibly cool to root for. I think my rooting interest is going to end at the end of the year. And I think they need that money for something else. I think they need to reallocate that money if they're really swinging at either Soto or Otani. So I think Blake Snell's gone. I'm with you, man. And I, I like the guy. I really, you know, I am I am 98% Padre fan and I'm 2% baseball fan. And the 2% baseball fan kind of digs the idea of him pitching up there in Seattle for his hometown. I do root for the guy as a person. I think he's really cool uh, and, and brings a great attitude to Major League Baseball that is unique. Uh but for all the reasons you just said, Craig, I'm exactly aligned with you, buddy. I also oh, don't want yeah. to, like, uh, you know, focus on this too much. But, you know, Blake Snell signed a really team-friendly contract with the Tampa Bay Rays that the Padres got to take advantage of. Well, and... it, 
ish because it was all fr- it was backloaded. It was backloaded, but it, it but it was team friendly at the time. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think Tampa signs it if it's not team friendly. And I I just like I hope that Blake Snell gets his ring and he gets to go up to Seattle next year and get way overpaid by that organization. And the feelings will be incredibly warm down here, and they'll be incredibly warm up there. And that that is the the thing that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside about baseball. Is that the likely scenario? Who knows? But uh, he's he gone. He gone. <laughs> if this is a Danny McBride show, that's the ending of it. Is him having a, a World Series win and uh, pitching next year, wearing you know some sort of Star Wars augmented device on his head. <laughs> um yeah I, I i love the idea of him having a big playoff and then people getting a little bit pissed off but then him getting ridiculously overpaid um because he's got that ability that's that stretch ability but um again i'll repeat myself from from friday it's like charles barkley was talking about when you've got the number two guy on your nba team you don't want a guy who gives you 31 night and 10 the next and winds up averaging 20. You want that Mm. guy who gets 18 every night. And Blake Snell is that guy that gives you 31 night and 10 the other night. And it adds up to 20. And he's just not that dude. And and we even saw it in the playoffs. He's not that dude that you 100% can count on to just come in and, and lock things down. You can count on him to get hot. You can't count on him to lock things down. So um, I'll, I'll miss him when he's gone, but not at the expense of doing everything that this franchise desires to do. All right, Rafi, D. James trivia question time. Do we have a trivia question theme that you're going to add in post-production? It is her trivia time. If, uh, let's put this out to the listeners. If anyone wants to create a trivia time song, for Craig, Chris, and I, feel free to send it Padres Hot Tub at gmail.com. This has to be short, has to be a jingle. It's a jingle, has to be a jingle, has to be a jingle. 10 seconds tops, uh, because we're closing out the show. Everyone wants to get home, closing time at the bar. The lights are on, uh, but uh, yeah, so this week's uh, uh, you know, question I have to say, DJ sent this to me prior to the Padres getting no hit. So I want that context there before the the uh, the uh, uh, this question oh, no. is asked. But uh, <laughs> the bonus sad, question in this week addresses Padres no hitters again. No, not Java Joe, but times no when the Padres no, oh, were no oh, hit Joe. by an opposing pitcher or pitchers. Since 1969, the first year the Padres played, there have been 151 no hitters in Major League Baseball. How many times have the Padres been no hit? And where do the Padres rank of all the teams in terms of being no hit since 1969? Wow. Wow. I'm up okay, to three well, already in my head. So, I mean, like, do we need to just, like, dig through this? Um, do we want to make this kind of like us, m- me versus you, or do we want to make this a team effort, Craig? Well, that's a good question because we're on yeah. a podcast. So if I, if you want me to go over here in the corner <laughs> and write out my response uh, <laughs> so that I can keep my information from you, we should do it that way. Or we should like talk it out. Um, 
Okay. No, yeah. this is a. This I was is a at AJ team. Burnett. Yeah. I was at yeah. Bud Smith. And Smith. I was at Tim Lincecum one. I was. Yeah. I, I don't think I was at Tim Lincecum two. Um, Logan Gilbert or whoever that that Logan Gilbert was in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, uh, that's five. Who was the other one you just said? Doc Ellis. J- right, Doc Ellis no hit yeah. the, uh, on LSD. My initial um, gut was at eight. Like, and that would be eight of how many, Rafi? 130? 151 no-hitters since 1969. So that would be one in 20, which was... First out- off, this is a way harder question than uh, <laughs> anything that he's put in the Discord so far, which each one of those I've knocked out in 0.5 seconds. So I'm supposed to know how many times the Padres have been no-hit and what the percentage is? And where they rank in terms rank. of teams, like out of one. So of now 30. I need to know what every team's no hitter well, no, total is. Not necessarily. We already know they're higher than normal because at at how many we've already counted, they're one in twenty, and there's only thirty teams. I mean, and there's thirty teams, so they're already going to be top ten since 1969. This is ridiculously hard. Just call it a dozen and call them number three. I th- number I liked your number eight. I th- I think that that's all right. I don't know that we've been no hit a ton. I, I'm right. trying to I remember times answers. when they were. What? I eight. need final answers. Eight. 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 eight, eight, Chris. I'm gonna say ten, and I'm gonna say they rank in the top three, maybe three. Where do you think they rank, Craig? Fair. I'm gonna change it to one, Rafi. I'm gonna change it to one. Okay, Chris is saying one. Craig, you're saying? I said fifth. Fifth. I'm not going to change. I'm obviously wrong. Okay. Um, I want to say congratulations to Chris. You were scary close on the amount of no-hitters. The Padres have been no-hit 11 times. 11 times. Since 1969, which is indeed the most out of everyone in Major League Baseball. It is the most. And I'm going to go through them. uh, Can't believe I won this. Uh. Doc Ellis was the first, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, 1970. Milt Pappas from the Cubs in 1972. Milty Poppy! Oh, I think Phil Necro, Braves, 1973. (laughs) Then there was 18 years without a no-hitter. So three very quickly, and then 18 years without a no-hitter. The Braves combined to throw a no-hitter in 1991. A.J. Burnett for the Marlins in 2001. The, oh, uh, who was the lefty that started that? Oh God, I remember that now. Um, Bud Smith, Cardinals, two thousand one. Oh, Jonathan Sanchez, Giants, two thousand. Jonathan Sanchez, Sanchez! Yeah. I was there too. <laughs> Why did I remember that? Uh, Tim Lincecum coming back to back years for the Giants, twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. You guys pointed that out. Multiple Dodgers combined for a no hitter in twenty eighteen. Oh. And That's then Tyler right. Gilbert, Diamondbacks, Gilbert. 2021. In his Major League Baseball debut. Yeah. As a starting pitcher, as a nine. starter. 11 times. That's good. You were only guessing, Chris. I guess well, I was guessing. I, I, for, I, I feel like I forgot some. Guessed at 12 That's, because bad. we had counted like eight of them. So 12, I would have won, right? Because it's Price is Right rules, isn't it? <laughs> Whatever. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the second you go yeah, over, you're yeah, out. Yeah. If I would, I would have, have stuck with my 12 one no, If he had guessed 15, I would have been like, one no-hitter. I win. 
one dollar. Uh, shout out to uh, D James zero four one on the Discord. Really, really good stuff. And uh, that next was week really we'll have good. another great question for you. So thanks. I can't believe it was that hard. That was an impossible question. Mm, you know not what? completely impossible. It's not. For you know super what? Geniuses. I should have one. I don't know about impossible. For super genius. I should have. No, I, I should have thought like logic super quiz there. If he's asking the ranking, it can't be anything but first or 30th. You're the first, like, you're, you're the first, you're last. Right? He's not going to give it to us. Oh, it's seventh. Oh, you said fourth. <laughs> you're wrong. You know, like there's no way. That, that should have been my giveaway. That should have been my giveaway. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not fully You didn't here. watch enough Ben Stein's money. Damn it. God, now I'm. I don't even know if I can sleep tonight, guys. I'm. I'm kind of pissed about this. Go take an edible. Padres hot tub. <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. We're back with more later. Cheers, man. <laughs>